Welcome back, everyone, to the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. And another episode here in our continuing series on the 2005 NCAA Tournament Team Alumni Weekend this weekend at the Arena on Saturday. And this guy was a prominent figure on that 2005 NCAA Tournament Team. It's Courtney Scott. Court, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just enjoying the family, enjoying life, uh, getting fat. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. And, and we are recording this uh, before we go on air with the uh, Greg Campy show here. We're, we're actually, this is our first ever podcast recorded live at RJ's pub so oh, man nice. it's, appreciate you coming up brother awesome yeah yeah better absolutely. place to be yeah no no doubt you you're familiar with rj's pub very much so yeah <laughs> very much so it's been a lot of time here yeah but court it's uh it, it's good to catch up with you again my friend and for those that don't know courtney was my broadcast partner for a couple years on television on radio as well really good dude and uh you know again court a central figure with that 2005 ncaa tournament team and yesterday got the opportunity to talk to raul marshall and and courtney i think the one thing that and, and I've talked with you about this team in the past as well. That look that you guys get on your face, man, it, it, <laughs> and it all comes back. The memories, the smiles all come back. Yeah. What, what, what's some of your memories of that 2005? What's the biggest memory you have? Uh, you know, just the turning points. It's funny because not too long ago I went and watched uh, VCU versus Dayton. I mean, you kind of talked about that. <laughs> Me and my uncle was talking about teams and where they, you know, you go through a period where, you know, slump, 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 and then you – you're starting to all hit on all triggers. And it's not really where you start. It's really where you end. And I remember um, through that 2005, we really went through some trying times. I mean, we had a tough schedule that year. And oh, Ross said 0-10 to start yeah, off the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, we had, like, the small games. Okay, we're trying to out-rebound this team or, you know, and, and trying to keep guys' heads up and, you know, keeping confidence within themselves. And um, to be able to do that, I think, is – astronomical in my opinion because you don't see that no more a lot of times the guys you know they, they take a loss and their heads down and they're beat up and they're defeated um and, and trying to keep that going all the way up until the end i mean we didn't really pull our stride until the end of february and that's when you needed to strike you know that's when you need the confidence to pick up and, and about that too i mean you guys went on this run i, I think you, you won three games in that tournament by a combined total i think it was like seven points or something like that <laughs> what, what was the moment courtney that you knew that this team was a, was a fa not only a factor, but had a chance to win and had a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. What was that moment that you knew? Or was there a that moment? season, I mean, it was rough. I, I, didn't, I didn't think we would. Um, but I think the turning point was really in uh, Centenary. We beat Centenary at Centenary. Um, and we just really gelled and finally clicked. Um, and that, to me, that was like the turning point game for us. Uh, and, and I think that was the second game before we went to the tournament. And, and it just – everything just fell in line. Everything we worked for and that we, you know, spent hours and hours in the gym trying to do finally started to pay off and uh, the ball started bouncing our way. Courtney Scott joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Actually recording this live at RJ's Pub before the Greg Campy show. But, Court, you know, as – as, as that team progressed, as you guys made your way through the tournament, certainly you got that win pretty much in at Oral Roberts. It was in Tulsa. Uh, <laughs> Raul told me the story, being in that gym with 8,000 people, 9,000 people, and uh, th they were out for you that night. Yeah, oh, they were. I mean, <laughs> was, we had uh, 
very limited crowd on hand for our side, um, but we fought for each other. And uh, I will tell you, I mean, there was people literally crying in the stands after we won. And that's what, you know, college sports is all about, you know, bringing that emotion to it. And the fans are very involved into it uh, from their side um, and even ours. I mean, the small crowd we had, everybody was really behind us. I asked Raul about this, and I'll, and I'll ask everybody I talked to about it. Take us through the play, man, the Pierre Duke shot. <laughs> Raul gave me his version of it. Tell me tell me how, how it came to be for you. So take us through that. You're in the huddle. Coach calls a play. Take it from there. <laughs> Coach called a play to Raw. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's kind of just went in, in a situation where, man, Pierre stepped in and hit a big shot. Uh, my whole thought was just be on the backside, got to get a rebound. Honest to God, I mean, uh, I was thinking worst case scenarios. And if you watch the film, I, that was all I did. I just backed out, backed out, boxed out the whole backside, and said, you know what? If something come off, I'm gonna try to grab as best I can and get a shot up. But um, he stepped right into the shot, and I mean, it was huge. And then from there, it was like, all right, you know. My instinct was to try to play defense. Everybody else kind of ran down the end of the court, which, you know, the coach from – or Roberts did us a favor. They called us a timeout because if they had threw the ball long, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, and, and that's something that Coach Campy talked about in the past through all that was that, in fact, they did because people yeah. forget Or Roberts, they did call that timeout yep. in that situation yep. where you guys had kind of let the emotion take over the moment. You were the one guy that, that ran back. It was, what, three-on-one back there yeah, yeah. probably at a minimum? yep. yep. <laughs> And I'm looking around like, where's everybody else? And they jumping around I'm like, hold on, we're still playing. <laughs> but they really did do us a favor. I mean, and it's funny because I, I watched this play a lot in college basketball. Um, I, I watched more college than pro, to be honest with you, uh, where guys, you know, they, they excite, get excited about a play and they completely forgot about the game and forget about, you know, the, the game is still in motion. Like you still got to play until the ball's, you know, a timeout's call or you know, referee calls a, a stoppage. Until then, you still got to play the game. And they just missed that point. And luckily, I mean, Coach Sutton caught a timeout, and it just put us all where we needed to be from a defensive standpoint. So you guys get that win. You go into the NCAA tournament, and you get in the play-in game there. And you guys play Alabama A&M. You, you're, on the, you're on the central stage, man. You're in Dayton. You're playing in that first four, and that was – Right along the time that that had started out, and, and to this day, I mean, the Dayton area does just a great job of, of supporting that still to this day. I mean, the people roll out for it. But you guys took really that national stage, and I asked Raul about this. I'll ask you about this because certainly you had a long pro career as well. Did that game, not necessarily just the Oral Roberts game, but that game against Alabama A&M, that, that put Rawl on the map, that put you on the map professionally because everybody coast-to-coast coast knew who Courtney Scott, knew who Rawl Marshall, knew who the Oakland Golden Grizzlies were at that point. Did you find that, that that was a jumping-off point for your pro career? I would say yes. Um, and I also would say it would, it would be huge for the, the university and college itself. Right. Um, because a lot of times people say, Oakland, you know, is it in California? Like, no, we're in Michigan. And trying to explain that over and over again, um, it finally gave us an opportunity to, you know, come behind the curtain, so to speak, and, and represent our college and our university and who we, you know, what we stood for and worked hard for. Um, but, no, it definitely gave us an opportunity in, in, to be in the mainstream, the only college game of basketball playing it that night. Um, and we went out there and played a phenomenal game. We all had a tremendous dunk. Uh, that I'll never forget I me mean, coming down the middle and just, you know, going up and doing what we all do best. And um, I, I say that that was probably a, a huge turning point for both our careers. No, it, it certainly was. And, and bring everybody up to speed. So, so take us what happened to Courtney Scott from that moment. You know, you guys walk off that floor against North Carolina. Where you, the unfortunate side, you have that that the glee of victory, 
The unfortunate side of that is you guys, your prize for that win was probably the greatest team in the history of college basketball that had four <laughs> of the top 12 NBA draft picks. They, court, I mean, you know, you played them. That team was so good, the sixth man <laughs> went second overall in the I draft. Know. The sixth man from that team went number two overall in the yep. draft. Yep, and, and they was loaded. I mean, top to bottom, they was loaded. Uh, and the sad part is, and the truth of the matter is, I'm so stubborn and I guess stupid, so to speak, that I truly believe that we could have beat them um, just because it, uh, we was coming off such high emotion. Um, but, you know, you go into it and prepare for a team like that, and luckily we had a few games before that where, we, again, we played Illinois. We played Michigan State that year. Both teams was in the, in the Final Four, North Carolina in the Final Four. So three of the four teams were in the Final Four that we played against um, and, and trying to prepare for it. But I, I would say after you win a game like that, of course, you get the fan calls, the friend calls, the you know, all these things come at you, and, and just trying to handle it was probably challenging uh, at, at best to say. Uh, but it was a fun time. It really was a, a fun, special time in my life. No, it, it certainly was, and, and I think going back to it too is, is a good point you bring up. It put Oakland basketball on the map nationally, and, and Coach Camp and I have, have had this conversation before where maybe it's the only point I've ever made that coaches agreed with me on is to this day because of that, Oakland – seems to carry a brand nationally and I would almost argue to some degree they're they're more known nationally than they are locally at, at times just based on the success that you guys had and the heights and the levels that you guys had taken this program to by going to that NCAA tournament in the fashion that you did I mean what you guys pulled off was everlasting for this program. And you know the great thing with that, with a success story like that, is we took it to a point and then we had guys come behind us, Derek Nelson, the Jonathan Jones, the Reggie Hamiltons, uh, Keto. You know, everybody took it and, and just continued to grow and develop and to see where the program from when I got there in 2001, 2002 to now, it's just insane. I mean, it's grown so quickly in a short amount of time. I mean, you don't see a lot of programs come – and make that jump so quickly where, you know, academia jumped on board, the leadership jumped on board, the coaching staff jumped on board, everybody jumped on board to drive it in the right direction um, and see, you know, again, we're in 2020 now, but to see in the next 10, 15 years what the program's going to look like, I'm excited to see. I mean, I, I can see it leaps and bounds growing and growing and growing. Um, so for me, it's just to be a part of it, that history piece of it, right? To leave a legacy behind for my son and my family is big for me. Absolutely. Courtney Scott joining us here on the Where the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Visit them at www.evanslawgrp.com. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. But Courtney, kind enough to come up here to RJ's Pump as we record this uh, special live edition of the Where the Bear podcast. So, Court, you know, about that too, and this is what's really struck me about you and Raw. And Pierre, and then as you said, as you turn the page to JJ, to Derek Nelson, to Reggie Hamilton, to Kay Felder, now to Kendrick Nunn, there's an ownership that you guys feel with that <laughs> program. You you may not be at every game, but you'll you'll hit me. You'll hit me mm -hmm. on the text and yep. stuff like that after yep. a game's over, and you yep. you know you'll share your thoughts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, but there is that. I think ownership is is the right word. That yeah. and that's across the board, man. Like yeah. you guys, you guys laid these bricks. You want to see the house. Yep. You know, you just want to see the house continue to be expanded, right? And and the expectations. We we laid an expectation. There's been many a times where uh, I've been in the locker room with Raw, and he's you know laying in this guys. Hey, we need to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, because that's how we started. I mean, we, we held each other very accountable at a high level most of the time. <laughs> a little too far sometimes, but. Um, <laughs> I think that's the accountability piece that 
you know, with our program, but we continue to go back and reach out and say, hey, you know, you guys got to keep pushing this, keep pushing this, keep pushing this. We've seen the opportunity that can come with it. We've seen a glimmer of hope, but we got to push it even more. So, Courtney, take us through that then. You know, after you guys get off the court against North Carolina, that's when uh, basketball turns into a business for you. And, and as we talked about, you had a, a long professional career. You played overseas. Uh, take us through all that, man. Like, tell every, get everybody caught up with what exactly happened. Oh, it was beautiful. You know, I lived in Turkey, lived in Portugal, lived in Romania. Met my wife. <laughs> right. Got a family in Romania. <laughs> Got a kid, and you know, it's half Romanian. Uh, it, it was a fun time. I mean. I tell everybody, you know, if you got an opportunity to play professionally at the next level and, and get to see the world and get paid to do it, you, you got to try it. You got to test your waters for a couple of years. Now, I'm not taking anything that away from anybody that doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Um, but to be able to learn the, ha the culture, the history, uh, and where, you know, for example, me, I'm big into history. I go to museums. Uh, I'm learning different things. And You're cultured, man. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think that helped me on my outlook. And then to bring it back to the real world where, you know, I, I got done with playing my professional career, got my master's degree, went to Chrysler. And of all jobs, I was in labor relations, and here I am going across the table with a you know union rep, and we're talking about life and things of that nature, and I can relate to you know plants in the inner city of Detroit to a plant all the way out on certain hikes with no problem. Yeah. But because of my background and being able to travel and see the world, and you know being fortunate and blessed to have basketball to do it for me, realistically speaking, um, it opened up so many different avenues for me, and just opened up myself to uh, new things. You know, the pro game overseas really intrigues me, Courtney, because I talk about this with Dan Waterstrap, my broadcast partner for the games, and he tells some stories. I mean, there, there, there is some stories, uh, getting paid in bags of cash with yeah. knocks on the door yeah. and, I mean, yep. anything from that all the way to crowd letting off smoke bombs yep. inside the arena, yep. uh, nets up so they can't yep. throw bottles at you. Yep. Like this is all this is real life over there. Like yeah. this, that, that's a Wednesday night game. Yeah, it's, it's intense. <laughs> uh, my first year in Turkey, um, I was playing for a team called Karşeka, which is in Izmir, uh, Turkey. Uh, it's one of the known teams over there, and and I would tell you we played a visiting team, the rival team, and they was throwing batteries, coins, and everything at us. And there's pictures of me running off the court, covering my head from not getting hit with you know, you know C batteries and D batteries, and that just comes with it. And it's fun because for me at the time it was crazy, but for me to see the passion that these you know individuals bring to the game and to the courts, uh, it's insane. I mean they live breathe sleep and dream this and then like i know with you you, you know you're part of detroit fc yeah and, and seeing that part of it um i started to laugh because i'm like i've been to so many different you know games in europe for soccer that's insane At my first year in turkey um they got me confused they thought that uh i was a goalie for a team called Galatasaray in turkey and i mean he treated me like a king i mean everywhere <laughs> i went i didn't pay for nothing it was awesome <laughs> Courtney Scott joining us here on the Where the Bear Pie. You didn't tell him. No, nah, well, I mean, I didn't know how to. <laughs> you just took it, right? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did right there. Courtney Scott joining us here on the Where the Bear podcast. You know, going back to that team, Courtney, when, when did it set in what you guys did, not only for the basketball program, but what you did for the university? And, and, and I shared the story before. You know, I went to Oakland as a student, and, and I don't know if this makes me dumb or, or what, but I went, I went to Oakland as a student simply because you guys went to the NCAA tournament. No other reason. That's, I didn't look into journalism. Pro, like I knew I wanted to go in sports media, but I didn't look into journalism programs or anything like that. Oakland went to the NCAA tournament. I want to go there because I want to be a part of that. I mean, for real. Like, mm -hmm. the university made money mm -hmm. off of that 
simply because you guys went to the NCAA tournament. How long did it take you guys to realize what you what you had truly done for the university? When I got towards the end of my playing career, I think that's when things started really changing in my life. And you know, I've been married for a couple of years at that time, and I'm looking at you know sports and basketball and what's next in my career and. I really started thinking about, you know, what's next for me. Um, and it really started to hit home. I mean, like I shared with you today, it's been 20 years since I walked out of high school. And I went from, you know, winning the state championship in Lansing and, you know, bouncing around Iowa and here. Um, I would say that as you get older in your career, you start to realize how special it is and how many people's lives it's touched. Um, and that's always what kind of my goal was is to try to, take a sport or you know a tool so to speak and you know change people's life with it and 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 i think now as i get older and i'm looking at my son and i'm like oh you know what i hope he can do i hope he does it even further than i ever did and i think he will i mean the kid's a genius but um gets that from his mom clearly clearly (laughs) get it from his mom (laughs) athletic ability may be me but everything else straight from his mom um but i would tell you he you know just seeing having kids and, and slowing down in life and looking at life like you know we we talk about even losing Kobe and a few other, you know, guys that I played with or counterparts with. Um, you start looking at life a lot differently and, and you start putting things in perspective. And I think for me, that's kind of where, where it's at now. It's like, man, you know, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's like, man, the time is flying so fast. And now you're looking back like, man, we did this. And, and yeah. then you kind of put it in perspective because unfortunately during the time period I was looking at, all right, we got Alabama. All right, we got North Carolina. Drive, 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 drive to get to the next level. Yeah. And then when it comes to an end, it's like, all right, now let's look back at it. Because I was never that guy that read my press clippings and stuff like that. I'm like that guy. I'm just like, all right, let's stick to the next game. Yeah, that's, that's incredible because I ask that question to everybody I talk to, and I always get a different answer. You know, everybody – you know, everybody always has something different to say. I mean, it really is incredible. But that bond you have with that team, I mean, that's that's something when I talk to <laughs> Rawl, when I talk – that look on your face right now, man, when, when I bring that up. You know, Rawl and, and Pierre and everybody that I've ever talked to gets that same look that you have on your <laughs> face right now, man. Yeah, we went through the good and the bad and the ugly that year. <laughs> we went through it all that year. And I, I think that's what, you know, brought us so close together. Because we went in the war zone, so to speak, and we played and we got beat down and, you know, we picked ourselves up and we, we went so many different directions. We had internal issues and we had, you know, locker room issues. We had, you know, this type of things and we got over, overcame them and then we brought ourselves together and said, you know what, our common goal is this. Our common goal is to win. And, and getting a team to that point, I mean, I got to take my head off. You know, I see Coach Smith and Coach Campion here tonight. I don't know how, how they can do it because, you know, in my world and in the professional world, you know, I, I got write-ups and disciplines, and I can drive a performance, whereas there, they don't have that. No. You know, it's totally different mentality now. Um, it, no, if they don't figure it out, they got to find a new job. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like, I, I don't know if I could do that. And it's, it's crazy because, again, like I talk about my uncle who's a coach, and I ask him the same question, you know, how do you get this kid to perform at this level on a consistent basis? I mean, how do you do it? And I think that's the where the talent part come in. And, um, and for us, that was kind of the thing that we did is kind of go back to, you know, all right, this is our driving force. This is what we're going to do. This is where we want to be. And we drove towards it. Absolutely. Well, Court, I know, again, it's it's personal for you. This program is personal for you. You've always been around. You've always given back. You know, you're, you're a guy and 
you and I have called games together and everything like that. <laughs> you're always a phone call away. You're always a text away. And uh, I'm really I'm really glad for you guys, and you guys will be honored on Saturday at the game. So if you guys come out to the arena Saturday at 3 o'clock for the game against Youngstown State, you know, the Alumni Day, you'll be out there, a bunch of guys from the team, that 2005 tournament team. And I'm glad to see you all get your due, man. You deserve it, and you, you did. You shaped a lot of futures, and you don't even know it. Yeah, and, you know, and I got to take my head off to the team. I mean, they did it all, the, the, the staff and everybody. We just fortunate enough to play the sport that, you know, we were blessed to, you know, have a talent in. And, um just, you know, it's funny because in sports, like, you get lucky at times, and, and some of it you got to look at luck, and some of it come off hard work, right? Um, some of the, the shot to me was lucky. Like, I, I guarantee you Pierre couldn't shoot that shot a thousand times. He might only make a couple hundred. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. But um, <laughs> that, I think you just that, told him, man. <laughs> that, that, a lot of that is just luck, though, you know, the luck of the draw. Well, like and we that comes to – Raw broke down that play, and he said, I saw where the guy came from. I knew that was Pierre's guy that came. So I knew he was there. Yeah, and that's it's it's all encompassing as you, as you talked about. I mean, is it lucky? I mean, I, I I don't know that it's lucky. He was hoping he knocked the shot down. Yeah. Rawl was smart enough to to pass the ball because, as you said, as Rawl said, the camp said, Rawl go make a play. Yep, and and that was the play call, right? Yeah, that was. <laughs> and, and he made a play. It was just did. Pierre that made the shot. You know, but then he had the trust to believe that Pierre can shoot the shot and make the shot. Um, and, and then for us, it was kind of like. You know, being in a hostile environment where everybody's against you and, and you know, getting to that point, because realistically speaking, when they did set up the play and they came back down after the timeout, they had a really good shot at it. And it was a really good shooter shooting the ball. Yeah. It was not. People forget joke. that. Ken Tut is a tough, <laughs> tough player, man. Yeah. He's a tough shooter. So they really had a good shot at it. Because I remember coming up, I'm like, oh, we got to help and try to distract as much as we can. And I, you know, jumped at that man a million times that year and he made all of them you know for the most part he shot a high rate so uh, that's where kind of where again the, uh, i always say you know the basketball guys look down on us and allowed us to continue to play absolutely well courtney again i appreciate your time coming over here tonight and a uh, big thanks for everything you do for the program man and i know that we'll always be in touch for and sure. uh appreciate it man Thank you. Absolutely. Courtney Scott, everybody here on the Wear the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, talking 2005 NCAA tournament team. For Courtney Scott, my name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.